0: All right, how's that? Awesome, Wayne. Give Wayne a hand. Coming through, man. That is awesome. Now I got to get this all adjusted so it don't choke me to death. All right, great. Now, talking about sacrifice, talking about politics. Kidmo, go. Kidmo, I'm I'm waiting for the slide to show up up there. I didn't see the Kidmo Dismiss slide. And I'm disappointed in you Kidmo kids. We meet every week. Do you not know when to leave? Come on. I've taught you guys better than that at least once a month. Uh, Seriously. And and for you that may be our Kidmo kids, we have an age-specific thing for them as we do our other uh, Sunday school-type meetings, small groups. It's just the older group. We like for them to be in here and and get to be a part of worship because they enjoy that and we enjoy having them in here. So we have them in the first part of the service, and then they're dismissed to their own environment that's age-appropriate for them. So... Going back to where we're at today, politics. How many of you see lots of churches participate in politics? Yeah, it happens. One of my favorite stories is from Rick Warren. How many of you know who Rick Warren is? Pastor out at Saddleback, very famous, book writer now, really neat guy. One of the local political candidates came to Rick one day and said, could I have some time on your stage? And Rick thought about it. He said, well, yeah, I think that would be okay. I've got just a just a condition or so here. And he's like, okay, what is it? He said, well, I want you to stick to the facts, okay? Don't want you to bash the other candidate, yeah? He said, I want want you to tell me how many people you think will come to know Jesus as a result of you talking this morning? Silence, just like, he's like, well, I can't say that. He said, well, I can't say it either, but I know I'm going to be talking about Jesus, so I think we'll take a pass on the politics this morning and we're going to focus on Jesus. I think that's wise. I think that we... If we don't focus on this topic this morning in the right way, we do more to harm the cause of Christ than we do to help it. And if we're not helping the cause of Christ, why are we here this morning? There's no, there's no, okay, I just cut out again. I might have to have my pit crew back. Uh, wait a minute. Okay. We may have a loose connection. Is that good? Okay. If it cuts out again and I don't notice, let me know. All right. So. How are we going to talk about this difficult subject? How do we make sure Jesus is glorified while talking about what is absolutely dominating the news cycle? If you notice what the news cycle is, that it does indeed go in cycles of what you focus on. If there's a horrible disaster in the world, we will focus on the disaster. Politics can be doing all kinds of crazy things over here, and we'll just ignore that, and we'll go focus on the disaster. Some celebrity does something really crazy, that'll be the news cycle we focus on. And then when we get down to politics, it's kind of like, well, there's nothing else to talk about. So let's focus on the candidates for a while. And this goes on for months and months. And what happens is we begin to start focusing on that. And what happens in our realm, and I'm talking to people that go to church, that attend church and things, is Christians in the U.S. begin to mix Scripture and politics in unhealthy ways. There's a healthy way to go about what we're talking about this morning in a very unhealthy way. And I see so many Christians, so many churches and others that do it in an unhealthy way. I think what we did this morning to, to not celebrate, but to remember fallen veterans, those that have served us, those that have made possible a way for us, I think that's fine. There is nothing wrong with that. But if you take that and you glorify a war out of it, then you stepped over the line of where Jesus is. Do you understand what I'm saying there? Jesus, the Prince of Peace, if there is any way out of it, he is always going to support the peaceful way, not war. So this morning, let's celebrate fallen people that have made a great sacrifice with it for us, just like Jesus did. But let's not focus on the war part. And that's where when we start combining politics and things, that's where it gets nasty for the churches. We start doing things. Show our next graphic there, Sean. Boy, that's about as patriotic as it gets, isn't it? You got an eagle and the Bible and the flag. All you need is the Ten Commandments opened up in it, and it'd be perfect, wouldn't it? How many of you see churches use this imagery a lot, especially on Fourth of July, Memorial Day? We all get up here, and we're all patriotic. Again, nothing wrong with being happy about being here in the United States. Nothing wrong with being happy that we're blessed to be free people. Nothing wrong with that. But that picture, you know how that picture would be perfect? What would make that picture perfect if you took the eagle and the flag off of it? Because what's our focus? Jesus, the Bible. Don't get these things unhealthily mixed. Don't get it to where... See, in this, we could start dividing things to patriotism and all these other things. Our attention, Jesus says, is on him. God is a jealous God. The Bible tells us that. He doesn't want our attention focused elsewhere when it should be on him. And I think one of the primary solutions that we have today as the American Christian, American church, is we're looking for a political solution to a spiritual problem. Which do you think is a bigger problem in the world today? If more people were like Christ, would it be better? Or if more people were in the right political party, would it be better? Spiritual, spiritual. If we had more people following Jesus and doing what he commands of us, the politics would fall in behind. But we get discouraged. Jesus' way doesn't always look like our way. So we decide that, hey, we've got to get involved in this. And we've got to push our viewpoint because this is the only way God can bless America is if I choose this candidate or that candidate. Or if I go in and take this position, that's the only way. I need to help God out. You realize how asinine that sounds? I've got to help God out. The creator of the universe who owns everything that we have here, I've got to go help him out because he can't fend from him himself. You know, I love this this quote from Robert Jeffress. It says, the kingdom of God isn't coming in riding on Air Force One. Oh, my goodness. This time of year, though, you would think it is. You would think that our, our eternal destiny is determined by who wins the election to hear it, especially if you watch the news, would you not? And if you watch one channel or the other... There's no unbiased American news source, in my opinion. If you watch one channel or the other, they will tell you, this is going to be horrible. It's going to be as bad as the plagues in Egypt if you vote for this other, other candidate. Let me tell you, you don't know what's going to happen. You, you, think, that, you think it's bad now. Oh, my goodness. You, it's, we're the only solution. It's going to be horrible. When we start looking to politicians as the only solution, we have focused on the wrong thing. We have gotten off track. We've gotten away from what God tells us to focus on. And there's a reason for that. The kingdom of God operates in a realm separate from the kingdom of politics. And true change comes through Jesus and not through the making of laws. Who are we supposed to be following? The kingdom of Jesus... When Christ came to this earth, he came to not to set up this earthly kingdom where he reigned with a crown on his head and he made everything go the way that he thought it should go. He didn't come for that. He came to set up a very separate entity, a very separate kingdom. And I want you to think back on this. This is something that comes up quite a bit. And I want to go back to the Old Testament and just give you a little example. Remember the children of Israel. You know, we've, we talk about the Old Testament here. We talk sometimes about the laws of the Old Testament. There were peculiar things. They were kind of peculiar people. There were reasons why. They had lots of laws. They had lots of things that God made them do. Anybody remember the Old Testament in the Bible? It talks about men not wearing women's clothing. Y'all remember that? So that's, a, that's a sin, A man should not be like a woman nor a woman like a man and wearing their clothing. Amen. Let's talk about that. That's great this morning. Y'all want to go down the next couple of lines in the same chapter a few verses later where it says if you commit adultery, we're supposed to stone you to death? (gasps) Does it say that? Yeah, in the same chapter. It's where we get dangerous, guys, when we start picking and choosing verses and, and things. Those things that God had for his people, the reason they were a peculiar people... He was already in the process of setting up a separate kingdom, a kingdom that wasn't of earth, that didn't look like the things that people on the earth were doing. It was separate. So when you looked at those people in their lives, you said, they're different and there's a reason for this. That was the predecessor to when Jesus comes and we live in this different kingdom, this kingdom that, that Jesus came to give his life for that isn't of the earth this is really hard sometimes for people to understand because we have to live on the earth. So what does all that mean? You know, what is this kingdom of God? Listen to a few verses here. Philippians 3.20 says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we will await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Where's our citizenship? Is it in the United States? Eh, sort of. Our real citizenship is in heaven. It's something way apart from what we deal with. John 18.36, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered, delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. Do you remember the scene? You should. Easter's just been a few weeks ago. What happened to Jesus? Came. Roman soldiers came with cooperation of the Jewish leaders in, in demanding that something be done about this teacher, this rabbi. And they came and grabbed him up and took him away from his disciples, okay? Going back to the Old Testament, do you remember some of those battles that we talk about? Crazy things. When people were embodied and emboldened by God, what happened when they went to battle? Did they lose? Oh, no. They did miraculous things. There were times when they were so, they went. do you remember the story of, going into battle, and God said, you've got too many people, and they keep whittling it down, whittling it down, till there's hardly a handful of people, and then they don't even have to fight, because God causes confusion among the enemy, and they kill, their, kill each other in the confusion, and run away. There's other times. What happens when you go around those walls of Jericho, and you march around it and blow a trumpet? The walls fall in. So do you not think, if Jesus was interested in being an earthly kingdom, he was interested in being the man, being the one that came and ruled politics, ruled government, do you not think that his, his handful of disciples could have, war, could have held off the entire Roman Empire if he had desired that? It wasn't his desire. He was coming to set something apart, something different, something very special. I think this is interesting, is that, that one fact that is conveniently forgotten during election times is the important detail that our faith leaders and politicians work together and organize the killing of Jesus. You ever think of that? That's sobering, isn't it? The Jews, God's chosen people, conspired with the government to kill the Messiah, to have him murdered. You really think mixing politics with religion is a good idea still? It led to the absolute crucifixion and murder of our Savior. 1 Peter 2.11 describes us as aliens and strangers in this world. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be a set-apart people. We're supposed to look different, act different, be known by our actions, be known by our love. Not what we're against, but who we're for and what we represent there. And Jesus went to great extent to do this. That's the reason I'm saying this morning. So many things that we focus on in daily life, we have to live in this world but not be of it. And living in this world brings burdens to it for us. And God knows that and understands that. and understands that we are preoccupied with some of that sometimes. But who are we supposed to be focused on? We're supposed to be focused on God's kingdom. We're supposed to be focused on what he wants, what he allows to happen, and how it's going to happen to us here in the United States. But we're not satisfied with that. Why? God works in mysterious ways. Y'all have all heard that, haven't you? Well, if, it works, if he works in mysterious ways, that means we probably don't know where he's coming from sometimes. What he's going to do next. It's like it's like a bolt out of the book. Whoa, didn't see that one coming. How does God do these things? I... I can you imagine the disciples? Can you imagine what they thought when their leader, their mentor, the person they knew as the Son of God was scooped up, taken away, and murdered? They didn't see that coming. That can't be God's will. I'm so confused. What could have possibly good could come of this to lose this man that's this great teacher and this influence, the Son of God? What has happened? They couldn't even see three days forward where God was going with it. Can you imagine what we're trying to do when we're trying to predict for the next four years what God's doing? We, we can't see ahead three days. We can't see ahead three seconds what's going on. So what happens is we decide to take matters into our own hands. We're going to stand up for God. We're going to show you what we Christians are made of. If we were living for Christ, we wouldn't even have to do that, guys. People would know automatically. Sean, see if we can roll our, our special video here from the towing company. I don't know if you guys have seen this or not. Wow. Boy, don't you feel Jesus all over that video. And you're laughing. This was a serious thing in the news cycle just the other day over a stinking Bernie Sanders sticker on somebody's car. Could be. Could be. See, we're going to have disagreement in our congregation this morning about who it is. Can, can we say that Jesus is for taking care of the least of these? Okay, let's not talk about anything else then. Who are the least of these? The children, the poor. We're going to get into this in just a minute. Again, these are hard topics. But we're going to have to be open-minded this morning. This is what happens when you start mixing Christianity with, with politics. When you get your religion, your politics all crossed up. Jesus told me not to pick up the poor disabled lady that was going to pay me to tow her car. And then he starts backtracking like all good Christians do. Well, that's not really what I meant. Uh, I, well, what's happened before is I assumed that by, by that Bernie sticker on there, that she was a poor liberal and I've been stood up by liberals before and they didn't pay so I didn't want to take the risk of her not paying me. Is that a Christ-like attitude anyway? Does it matter if you get paid or not? Would Jesus live a disabled woman on the side of the road after an accident no matter who she was? Remember the story of the Good Samaritan? I think we've lost focus of that story. And here's why. The Good Samaritan story was not about someone doing good for another. I'm like, what's he talking about? Yeah, it is. They, they stopped by this guy, been beat up on the side of the road. Did no. No. We've lost focus of what the story was really about. The story was really about who the Samaritan was going to, the Good Samaritan. They were opposed. They were the Samaritan people. anybody tell, were they? Was that people that the Jews liked? They were outcasts. They were horrible. You think that there's a gap between Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump? The Samaritans and the Jews made that look like child's play. They hated each other. The Jews saw these people as a bunch of half-bred, sorry excuses. They've corrupted the way we worship. They don't even worship the same way. We, they're awful. There is no. I would not go and serve that person. That was the story of the Good Samaritan. This Samaritan came who was a despised outcast and came and showed compassion on someone that wasn't like them. Did you feel any compassion in that story? Did you feel a whole lot of hatred and difference? Do you think Jesus told him to do that then? Do you think the Holy Spirit whispered in his ear and said, leave her there. Leave her there. She won't pay. You don't want that. She's a Bernie supporter. She probably voted for Obama. Oh, the horror of all this. What will we ever do? I'm making a of this because it's so stupid. It's stupid. And here's the really stupid part about it. How many of you want Jesus to be known in our land? How many of you want his kingdom here on earth? How many of you want Jesus to be famous in our country? It ain't going to get there doing that. Everybody that saw that said, What a bunch of sorry hypocrites. They say Jesus is love and all that. Well, by golly, he must not be because the first thing they do is what? Judge me. Hear that every day. Don't judge me. And there we are. And actually we have judged in that case. Like this quote from Tony Campolo: the church in America is going to suffer for allowing secular political divisions to enter religion. Mixing religion and politics is like mixing ice cream and manure. It doesn't do much to the manure, but it sure does ruin the ice cream. Ain't that the truth? Would we be fine if politics never entered our arena here at Journey Church? Absolutely. Absolutely. We would be okay with that. It wouldn't be that big a deal. Here's the thing that happens when you start participating if you're not careful. When you dance with the devil, you don't change him. He changes you. Who do you think was... Influencing this man, Mr. Shoopy from the towing company. Satan, who could it be? We need the church lady over here. Who could it be now? Who could it be now? It could it be Satan? Remember that from Saturday Night Live? Some of you older folks, you young folks are going, what in the world's that? Well, go YouTube at church lady and you'll find this. Who could it be influencing Could it be Satan? Who gets the benefit of political division in the United States? Is it Christians? No. It's the enemy. Who would be doing that? The enemy. When you get out there and start rubbing shoulders with him, he will change you. I want you to listen to this. Throughout the Gospels, we find Jesus going out of his way to communicate that he is decidedly not political. He usually avoided titles such as Messiah or Son of God that were loaded with political imagery. Instead, he favored the title Son of Man. Jesus came into town riding on a donkey. In biblical times, the donkey was a symbol of peace. No one fought wars on a donkey and pity the political figure who mounted one. A donkey was too small for war and too humble to garner prestige. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine? Well, it would have to be at the Democratic Convention, I'm assuming, because they're the donkeys and the other guys are the Republicans, right, the red and the blue. I guess that if, whether it be Bernie or Hillary, they're going to go into their triumphant entrance into the convention riding on a donkey. Boy, that conjures up all kinds of imagery. Can you imagine what their opponent, Donald Trump, is going to do with that? You're on a donkey. What's another word for a donkey? Old Testament word. Just think about it. Where would Trump go with that? Yeah, some people got that. You're going to laugh in a minute when you figure it out. It's crazy the things that we do, the things that we represent Jesus with. Jesus was a humble, humble man. He came as man and God. The man side was a humble servant leader. Not this guy out front, had to be recognized and everything. He wanted nothing to do with that. That's the reason when the soldiers came to get him, he, he went willingly. He knew God's plan for him. That's the reason the, that his disciples didn't defend him and allowed the soldiers to take him. They could have taken the head he wanted them to. You know, He could have prevented that. So what happens when we start mixing this humble leader who came and riding on a donkey, and we tried to project his strength over the United States. You ever thought about that? We're putting Jesus and trying to project our views onto his strength is what we're doing. We're trying to take the things that we want and make it look like Jesus wants them. That is a horrible, deadly thing for the church and Christianity. You wonder why people don't attend our churches? Mr. Shoupie is one example. Do you think that how many Bernie Sanders think people are going to watch that? People that, prefer, that um, support Mr. Sanders. How many people are going to watch that and say, wow, I think i will go to church this Sunday? None of them are because they see that. And, and who works behind, uh, behind the scenes against all this? Again, Satan, Lucifer, the devil, the enemy. He is back there working us against each other to make sure that people don't come to know Christ. And we begin to think that our politics is our religion. I want you to look at these things. These are 10 warning signs that you may be following political Jesus instead of the Son of Man. Remember that term we used many ago, Son of Man, a humble leader, servant leader. You get your political viewpoints exclusively from Fox News or from CNN or MSNBC. Because they're all biased, because they all exist on ratings. And we're going to tell you what you want to hear so you will watch us. That's simple as that. You believe it's appropriate to present, appropriate to present the gospel to non-believers by condemning them with harsh rhetoric. That doesn't somebody over to Jesus like telling them how sorry they are. Does it? Oh, you're awful. You know, you're going to hell. You're terrible. You pre- you, you're you going to vote for Trump or Hillary or Bernie. You're, you're terrible. That Jesus won't. I I, I can't even talk to you. You're so bad. And you laugh, but you see that I see Christians taking their lead from political leaders, activists, columnists, bloggers, Twitter feeds, social media, memes, all that stuff. I see us getting our our tone from those things. Here's some other signs. You believe God hates homosexuals. I don't think he approves of that sin. I don't think that's a lifestyle that God supports. But I also don't think he supports me when I sin. My sin's no different from theirs. Okay? Let's get that straight. Last week we had a great topic. Muslims. Islam. What if you believe God hates Muslims? Oh, I don't know how many times I've heard that one. Those Muslims. Those Muslims. They said, how is it Southern, Southern? are Muslims? Yeah, Muslims. It was, it was Muslims. We ain't going to have none of them Muslim people over here with them towels wrapped around their head and all that nonsense. Them women with their face covered. We ain't going to have that in our church. Amen? That's the spitting preacher for you there. Because they're different from us. Yes, I do believe people that are following Islam are lost and are going to go to hell. Should that make me mad at them or should that make me tear up inside and worry about their souls? Which one's going to happen? I go out there and condemn them. and tell Everybody, well, this may not be true, but for every, all Muslims aren't terrorists, but all terrorists are Muslims. I've heard that crap lately. Y'all ever heard that? Was it a Muslim that bombed the Atlanta abortion clinic? Was it a Muslim that, that bombed the federal building? No. They were Americans, and guess what they identified as? Christians. So all terrorists aren't Muslims, are they? But we hate those people because they're different from us. And TV and media told us we had to hate them. How about this one? You believe the poor are simply lazy. Well, if they just get out there and get a job like I have to do, I don't see why they need a handout. They're just lazy. They just don't want to work for a living. They're, They're a bunch of addicts and alcoholics. Hear that all the time. I see Christians treating our homeless like that. You know what? They may be those things, but that doesn't mean that Jesus wouldn't still have compassion on them, and that we get off track when we do that. We believe that America is God's chosen nation. We've taken the place of Israel in the Old Testament. We are now God's chosen ones. Hear that nonsense. I hear people applying biblical symbology, the things that were promised to the nation of Israel, and projecting those onto the United States of America. That is wrong. That's bad theology. It doesn't work. We are not God's chosen people. Those are the Israelites. Was from the beginning is today. I will tell you one that I saw, getting just a little off topic here, but we've got a little bit of time, to tell you how crazy Christians get in this nonsense. I heard one this week. It was a debate. Perry Stone Ministries. Have you all heard of Perry Stone? He's a good Old Testament scholar. I'll give him that. But sometimes he has fallen into the, into the trap of being guilty of using the book of Revelation, the things that are to come that we fear that we don't know about, and pro, being a little bit of a self-promoter. He uses the same thing that everybody else does on social media. He uses a titillating, exciting topic header to get you to click through to his website. It's amazing. This week, one of the things was... Obamacare was ushering in the mark of the beast. Wow. I had no idea. There's all kinds of things in Obamacare they keep telling us right there. I had to ask Karen the other day because I was really concerned about it, that your eye doctor will start asking you if you have a firearm in your house, and if he doesn't ask you, Obamacare police will come and take him away. That was on this man's website. And then when people started commenting about it, guess what he did? He took it off he'd already got those clicks he'd already drawn you in the next one he had was obamacare and the mark of the beast they're already in europe implanting rfid chips in children and that is the mark of the beast oh baloney we put them in our dogs they're beasts anyway aren't they they're animals we put them how many of you see how many of you have a dog that's chipped anybody why did you do that Yeah, this is true. I have seen Josh's dog out there, and he's cute, and he's got long ears. But if you can't drink out of a puddle without getting your ears wet, there's something wrong with you, okay? But, yeah, we, we, do, that. we do that for the safety of our animals, don't we? Okay? Just, just suppose a minute. Your child has been abducted. You need to find your child. This child comes up and says, was with this person and says, this is not my mommy or my daddy. I need help. They've got an RFID chip, and they locate you as the parent, and they're on the other side of the country. It's been two years since you've seen your child. You're going to tell me that's the mark of the beast? You're going to tell me you wouldn't want to recover? No, I would rather my child just go and I never see him again rather than have a, a piece of technology embedded in him. Come on, folks. As Christians, we need to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. We're being stupid as something. I don't know what in this case. I can think of an animal, but I'm not going to name it. Come on, folks. It's a good thing. It's technology. The mark of the beast is something. It says it's a number. It's actually a sum of numbers. It would be either on the forehand or in the hand. A visible mark, it says, in Scripture. That's what the Bible says. Not making it up. You can go read Revelation if you want to. And it is taken how willingly to do commerce. That means... You have seen the beast has been set up as the ruler of the world. And you have said, I pledge my allegiance to him and turn my back on Jesus Christ. That's who the beast is. That's how you worship him. That's how you get the mark. It cannot be given to you accidentally. This lady was on this forum worried about children that were going to go to hell because they got a chip implanted they didn't want. That's how far our theology's gotten off because we've mixed politics with it. Somebody tried to demonize the president... And his health care bill has got this lady over here scared that kids are going to hell. Tell me who's behind that. It's not Jesus. Just a little sidebar there for you. Uh, Let's see which one we on. What's the next one, Sean? You believe we're to hate and destroy our enemies. We talked about that one just a minute ago with the Muslims. Yeah, we're supposed to hate, love your enemy and all that stuff, turn the other cheek. Ah, that's not for this day and time. That doesn't count. We don't, we don't do that anymore. You know, it goes on to talk about as far as giving. Someone comes and asks for certain pieces of clothing. Ask for your cloak, your coat. You give them your shirt too, your shoes, whatever they need. You give it to them if they're in need. We don't operate like that here. Those people need to get with it. That's, that's We don't help our enemies. much. We don't help our friends, much less our enemies. How about this? You believe that God blesses you for shopping at Hobby Lobby while you boycott Target. Oh, that's a good one. Where do you go to get your Christian goods? Hobby Lobby, faith based. They are against Obamacare. They're good Christian. Where do you go to eat your Christian chicken? Hey, me and Chick fil A, they're closed on Sunday. Hobby Lobby is closed on Sunday. God is blessing those places, but Target, they're evil. And the reason they're evil, that's how. God needs somebody to stand up for him and tell people that boys shouldn't use the girls' restroom. And I'm here to tell you that's what I'm all about. Yeah, that's probably a dumb idea. How I many of y'all is it affecting? If you're going to let your young child go into the bathroom unattended, you need your butt whipped anyway. Amen. If you're that stupid to think there's not predators out there that will take your child, will snatch them out of your car while you're over here doing this, getting in your car, pushing the buggy, and getting in the. Somebody will come by and snatch your kid. You're responsible for those children. Don't let Laws or private corporations determine the safety of your children. My goodness, if you feel that uncomfortable, go to the bathroom at, at the house or go to the Christian chicken place or Hobby Lobby and use the bathroom. If it's this important, <laughs> to. it has made us look stupid, people. It has made us look like idiotic Christians that have nothing better to do than to worry about this kind of stuff. Now, do I agree with? Them? No, I think there's things in the Bible that talks about the genders and things. I still think all that's true. Do I have any more right to tell Hobby Lobby or Target or anybody what their policy as a private company is than they do to have to come in here and tell me what to teach this morning? No, it's none of my damn business. Who cares what Target does? There's one reason Target is doing this. Does anybody know what it is? Business. Don's a businessman. Hopefully, Don will not have transgendered zip lines in the future. I don't know what that even looks like. Don builds zip lines for a living and inspects someone And doesn't. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not a boy or a girl. I, have you got a middle zip line I can use? We make light of this. There's a serious side to it. Number one, that's not Satan doing this to, to push the Bible out of Target and, and to support this evil business. Target is doing that because it's hip and cool to do They appeal to a hip and cool younger audience. Those of us that shop at Walmart in our PJs, in our house shoes, or our Crocs, God forbid, when we go in there and shop through Walmart, like, you can do that in Walmart. You do that in Target, they're going to look at you like, what's wrong with them? They should tell you something. There's not a people of Target website, but there sure is the people of Walmart. Have you seen that? All the crazy stuff that goes on. Target's a cool, hip place. That's the reason they did this. But I want you to think of this. I thought of this this week. The quote I keep seeing, and I've even seen families divided over this, Christians trying to witness to their family of people that are non-believers and they've gotten stuck on this bathroom issue. And there's like, well, I'm not letting right, no man should go in that women's restroom. I don't care what you say. What would you say if that man was your child? Oh, well, that never happened in my household. Those people said that too. You know what? Those people love their kids. Their kids have some issue. They're having some crisis of identity. There's something going on in their lives that we should be showing compassion instead of knocking it all the time. I'm not saying that you have to say that it's a normal lifestyle or that it's even biblical or holy. But when we lose compassion for those people, we have lost the gospel. We're not doing what we're supposed to be doing when we ignore the plight of those people. Next one. Here's a good one, when you'll give the NRA a $100 donation but ignore the needs of the community kitchen. Ooh, that that one came straight from the table, the headlines of Fox News, didn't it? You've got to protect yourself. You've got to be able to do this. You've got to do that. Yeah, I think it's great that we live in a country where you can can have those abilities. I don't really want to live somewhere where I put my hands in the government's, you know, or police force's ability to protect me. But in the end, who is this protecting me anyway? You don't live here on earth. It's a different kingdom. If I can't trust God to take care of me, you know, maybe we should have Paul's view that to die is gain. You know, maybe that's how we should be living every day, like it's our last, and going out here and spreading the gospel. And finally, you believe which bathroom you uses validates you in God's eyes. You know, God loves all of us. He loves us despite our sins. We've got to get off this focus of focusing on minor things. Now, if we can't influence the world through politics, how can Christians influence the world if not through that realm? We've tried this way. I'm telling you, it doesn't work. It's a mess. So what's a good way to do it? Look at some examples. Many of the culture-changing Christians from the past century were not directly engaged in politics. Listen to these names. C.S. Lewis, the Oxford professor... His greatest influence came through writing children's books. Do you think that C.S. Lewis has had a positive impact on our society? Absolutely. If you've ever read any of his stuff, so full of imagery, so rich in things. A man that can write a children's tale about a line, given his life, and it make you choke up, he's affected society because we really know that's Jesus he's talking about. I mean, what about that? Look at Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Mark Mark and I are both fans of his. The German pastor and theologian who was martyred for his resistance against Nazi Nazi tyranny. He wasn't trying to change the Nazi party. He was trying to change the world and stand against these people. That's how he did this. Mother Teresa, the Albanian-born nun who devoted her life to caring for lepers and AIDS patients who testified to the dignity of all human life, including the outcast and the unborn huge impact that she had on people you remember y'all that have been christians for a while maybe in church for a while you remember the people with AIDS were our enemies for a while remember that we were terrified of those those horrible people that had, had contracted this this disease to the perverted sexual acts and and we just didn't want anything to do with them now we don't even think about it what about that maybe satan has folks in their own place there Each of these heroes had things to say, of political consequence, but they did not see politics as their method of, of Christian witness or culture change. So why are we so worried about picking the right candidate? I don't know how many Christians I've talked to in this election cycle that are frustrated, confused, disappointed, discouraged. They don't know who to vote for. They don't like anybody. Do you feel conflicted about this year's elections and issues? Do you think there are things that are important that, about the election and those issues? I think there are important things there. But we focused on it so much, and it's just, it's tearing us up. It's, and any time something is tearing us up of this world, what's it taking our focus off of? Christ. Let's look at this, this cool little video here I found. system <laughs> 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 is perfect, but it's important to it. Even if you get it wrong, just go to the polls and do what you think is right. only one big giant That's like a good plan. <laughs> I thought that was, that was so spot on of what's, what's going on is we're frustrated because we don't see a leading candidate that, in, that has all the values that we would have them to have as Christians. And I'm not, I don't care whether you're a Bernie Sanders supporter or a Hillary supporter or a Donald Trump supporter. I don't care who you're supporting. They're all flawed people just like we are. Okay. Okay. But what we have to remember is there are things that are important in character and things. Would you listen to what Russell Moore says? Can a candidate make promises about issues, then do something different in office? Yes. Can a candidate present a sense of good character in public, then later be revealed to be a fraud? Sure. That happens with pastors, spouses, employees, and in virtually every other relationship. But that sense of surprise and disappointment is not the same as knowingly delegating our authority to someone with poor character or a wicked public stance. Doing so makes us voters culpable, saying the alternative would be worse is no valid excuse. Those are tough words that I think are true. When we say that we, we rep- this person, we want them to represent us, we're saying something. You know. And I'm going to pick on one particular side because he's the one that is courting our vote as Christians. Donald Trump says, the evangelicals love me. Why is he doing that? He's pandering to us. He's saying that all these other evangelicals, they love me, you should love me too because I am the chosen candidate of Jesus. He may not say it in those words, but when he says the evangelicals love me, that's what he's trying to convince you of, okay? I don't care if you vote for him or not. I just want you to recognize when people are trying to deceive you as a church and get you to go along with something just because somebody else does. You need to know the facts of any candidate, anything you participate in, if you give your endorsement and vote for it, do you know what that means to endorse something? That means I believe in it, okay? Get out athletes have ruined that, I think, in their endorsements because they'll endorse anything for a buck. Used to endorsements meant I use this product, I love this product, you know, You can see that I really enjoy this product. I think it's great. You should try it too. That's what endorsing means. When we endorse a political candidate with our vote, we're saying that about ourselves. Okay? Listen to how God told Moses to pick a candidate. He says, When Moses was feeling overwhelmed, God told him what to look for in leaders. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands of hundreds, of fifties, and tens. God had some requirements for leadership. People that are true, people that want the truth, that represent the facts, people that won't take a bribe, can't be bought, won't be influenced. That's the kind of people that God says we should be looking for. That's the kind of character. We have gotten to the point in the United States that character no no longer matters in much of anything. We just say, well, the one that I, that I really get tired of hearing is, well, we all sin, Scott, and you're just judging. No, I'm not judging. I'm just saying that that doesn't represent a godly lifestyle when certain things happen. That's not being judgmental. That's just contrasting what someone's doing to what the Bible says is appropriate. That's not being judgmental, folks, and we need to do that sometimes. But it doesn't mean we have to be hateful. It just means we don't give our endorsement to people that aren't doing right. And the one that I am tired of hearing, I've heard it applied to pastors, I've heard it applied to politicians, every leader, every person now gets compared to the life of David. We often hear Christians make the argument that King David did many wicked things, yet was referred to as a man after God's own heart. The problem is we have lost focus on the real point of the story. It isn't a story about David's sin, it's a story about God's grace. How we get that wrong nowadays. It's always, well, look look at David. He did this and thus and so and so, and and he still was referred to as a man after God's heart. He also paid the penalty for everything he did. Do you realize that? He didn't get off and God just, you know, this is where Christians get beat up, and, and I've seen it actually online this, this week. Someone beating up Christians over the fact that we just say, well, God forgives them no matter what they do. No, we don't say that. But people out here in the world that want to give us a bad reputation say that we say that. No, we realize that we reap what we sow. When we do wrong, it will come back. You know, David lost his son because of his his infidelity and his sin. David's household is described as one that the sword never left during his lifetime. You know what that means? There was turmoil, drama, murder, rape, all these things going on. Do you want to be like that? Do you want to be like David? I don't. I don't want to take the risk of what my sins are going to inflict. I want God to forgive me of those sins. I don't want to be another David, and I don't think we should look for that in our leaders. We should look for people that are above and beyond that, and they do exist. Christians who participate in politics should do it from an informed position of facts and not from by social media rants. We kind of covered that earlier with the, the shoopy towing thing and some of those others. Guys, get the facts. Don't, don't do like so many of these people do. That just if they're putting it out there and you see it on social media, there is either a dollar or an ego involved. That's the reason it's out there. So you'll click through. and you'll, I think Mark talked about this a couple of weeks ago. In, in marketing and things when we were talking about sex and how it's marketed, it's to get you to do click-throughs. Remember what we said? You would sell a car or a hamburger different than you would a political campaign? People still use different things to get us to click-through, get us to buy into what they're doing. And that's what happens, is we've got to be aware of what the real facts are. You know, it amazes me in this day and time that most of you can go and do this right here and type a few words into a thing. Have you ever heard of the Google? Anybody know what the Google is? You know what the Google is. don't? It, even Karen's mama, I think, knows what the Google is. It's where you can go, and you can go and search the Internet. You can get facts. Now, you have to validate those facts, but you can do, you can do research on your phone that was impossible to do just a few years ago. There is no excuse for not having the facts and just blindly vomiting out what somebody else says that doesn't have a clue. And I have seen more Christians embarrass themselves over repeating stupid stuff. Especially in politics. If this like Obamacare is ushering in the mark of the beast. Somebody, oh that's good. Like like, 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 share. Oh they're embedding chips and kids in Europe. Share, 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 share. Oh. Have anybody ever heard of the thing, we've got the Google. We've also got the opposite of that, the Snopes. Anybody ever go to Snopes? You can go on there If it sounds like it's a fantastical, weird, crazy story, go on there and it's more than likely going to tell you that ain't true. They're not 100% accurate. The one that gets me is then when they'll say, well, they're not right. (laughs) Those facts aren't right. I disagree with your facts because it doesn't support my point of view. Civilized debate is dead because instead of people arming themselves with facts, they arm themselves with insults. I have seen a change in politics just in my lifetime, just since I was old enough to vote. And I don't care if this is your hero or not, I'm going to tell you one person I think is more responsible for that than anybody in the world is Rush Limbaugh. I don't know how many of you are fans of his. He's okay. Sometimes he has a good point, but he is always insulting and demeaning to people that don't agree with him. And he does that because sometimes he doesn't really have a valid leg to stand on. and He just calls them names. You will see that if you try and engage in politics from a factual point of view, anywhere on the internet or in person, people will then begin calling you names and telling you how stupid you are and you don't know what you're talking about. This one burns me up. And and we've actually talked about this. I don't want to hear any conservative that claims to be a Christian calling somebody a libtard. That means you're a liberal and you're retarded and both are, that's an offensive term to use for somebody just because you don't like their politics. I hate seeing that. Do you think that makes somebody want to come to Jesus when you call him a libtard? Do you think think Rush Limbaugh's methods make people want to seek out Jesus? Wow, I hope I can go join that bunch so I can condemn people. We're we're like the guy on Third Rock from the Sun. All I've got left is complaining. That is all we have left sometimes because that's all we do is complain about things instead of trying to change them. I want you to realize, especially in this election, how you play the game is more important than winning. Don't sell your soul, so to speak, just to make a point in an election, no matter which side you're for. And I know it's like the joke I read your Facebook. <laughs> I know some of you support Donald Trump, I know some of you support Bernie Sanders. I know some of you support Hillary. Some of you support a, a, a third-party candidate. And some of you don't want to vote at all because you don't see anybody that's worthy of your endorsement. And I respect all of those views. But if we find that we as Christians don't have more in common as Christians and that we let those things to divide us, we have lost. We have lost our country. We're going to lose our churches. We're going to lose our respect in society, which is already coming. We've already seen that because we don't know how to interact with people out there, because we think winning is more important than playing the game. We think if we get the right candidate in office, whoever it is, and I'm telling you, there are are points in all of them that are good and all of them are bad. You know, from the Bernie Sanders side, as Don was saying, some of the things he says about making sure the least of these are taken care of, that's Christ-like. Some other things, not so much so. Some of the things we say about being conservative with our money, and not spending the money we don't have and things like that and, and owing and debting, that's straight out of scripture. The other side, Donald Trump supports that. Hillary, some of the things she says on social things and things that we need to rethink are great. I, I'll show you an example that, that I saw this week, and this is where we're, we're getting off focus in, in, in who we support. Uh, how many of you know President Obama was in Japan just recently? Oh, we got a few people that actually watched the news. Everybody else was watching something else. Okay, he was over there. Now, I have seen all week these memes about it 's a disgrace that President Obama has gone over there on Memorial Day weekend and apologized for bombing Japan. Did anybody read the transcript of what he said? Nobody, nobody read that you read the You read the little blurb about Japan and Obama, and he 's apologizing and how bad that is. You know what he really said? He said that if we as a world are so technologically advanced that we can destroy ourselves. We need to think twice about the human suffering that can happen because of it. And we really need to do a checkup on our morality and make sure of what we're doing. Anybody going to disagree with that? I can't. But politics gets in. And it makes us think that, you know, if I can I've got news for you folks. No matter what the conspiracy theorists say that we're going to be under martial law and stuff, President Obama is on his way out. Quit worrying about him. Quit worrying about what he's done. What he's done is done. Now, if legislators want to change that, they'll change it. But we're so tied up and wrapped up in what he's done. We're, we're still, see even to this day, worrying about him going to Japan and what he said. He's, he's an okay president. They're, none of them are great. I, even, even the great Ronald Reagan, the patron saint of all conservatives, he had his issues as well, just like anybody else. You know, it's it's funny when I see things where people don't really understand, again, the facts. One of the ones that I saw most recently, and this this ties directly into what we've been talking about, was we should round up all the muzzles and put them in internment camps. That's what President Reagan would have done. Do you know what President Reagan did? He came out through executive order, which I didn't know anybody before Obama ever did those, did you? (laughs) Executive order, Ronald Reagan came out and condemned our rounding up of Japanese-American citizens during World War II and said that was the most inhumane thing that we should, could have ever done and we should be begging forgiveness to this day for the immorality of that decision. That doesn't sound like a man's going to round up the Muslims, does it? But nobody goes back far enough even in... How recent is that history? And we can't even go back that far and realize what a politician said because we're more focused on politics than Jesus. Finally, I want to leave you with these things. The Bible's purpose is not primarily to be a guide to help you decide who to vote for in this election. Its purpose is to teach you how to become more Christ-like by living for his kingdom instead of the earthly one. That's what we're here for. This morning, if you don't get anything else out of this, I want you to realize those two kingdoms are as separated as they can be. We've talked about how Jesus came, why he came, why he was different, why his kingdom doesn't look like an earthly kingdom, why we're supposed to be a peculiar people set apart, aliens in our own land, strangers. We're not supposed to look like everybody else. We have different values, different morals. That's because we serve a king and kingdom that isn't represented on earth. Now, do we have to participate in that earthly kingdom? Yeah, because we live here, okay? We live in the earth, live on the earth, live in the world. So yeah, we have to, to some extent, participate in it. But don't let your participation in that Tarnish what's eternal. There is nothing in this election cycle or any to come or any that has ever been that determines eternity. But the kingdom of God on an ongoing daily, minute by minute, second by second, microsecond by microsecond does influence eternity. What we do influences how others see Christ, it influences how they see the church, how they see God's giving his son as a sacrifice as we talked about memorial day opening that god gave his son as a sacrifice for us to cover the sins to cover the things we did wrong that's where our perspective is to be it doesn't matter which restroom you're using it all that is so secondary to what god wants us to be about doing and i realize we have to deal with that because we live in society in the world. But when it distracts us from the message of letting people know that Jesus loves them despite where they're at in their lives, despite the sins they've done, that those are covered, if you will simply follow him and believe that he paid the penalty in your place, that you can be saved and live with him for eternity, if you've got anything in your life as a Christian that keeps you from focusing on that, you're wrong. That is your number one focus as a Christian is building the kingdom of God. That's the reason churches exist. That's the reason Journey Church exists. We want to be a place. Some of you are still flawed like I am, that you could come and despite those flaws, come and worship together, lean on each other, support each other, love each other. That's what this is all about. Let's finish with 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. This should always be our prayer, even if we are on the losing side of an election. First of all, then I urge that supplication, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, For kings and for all those in high positions that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it's pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. If you don't remember any phrase today, I want you to remember it's pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. You will know that our enemy does not want that last sentence of that verse to ever happen. And he does everything he can in our world to distract us from that, from our mission, from our purpose, from what we're supposed to be doing. Again, referencing Rick Warren, his, his great book, Purpose Driven Life. It's not about you. It's about God. It's the reason he placed us here is to do that. If we, can have, if we can do good and somehow influence this world, whatever way it is, that's fine. But keep the focus on Jesus Christ and what really matters for eternity. Because I'm afraid what happens to us as a people is we're dividing ourselves over things and we're taking focus away from Jesus Christ and what our mission is for Him. All these people that are downtrodden, all these people that need us, there are each one of you that is a follower of Christ, there is somebody in this world that needs you and your influence in their lives. And you may be cutting yourself off from them because of your political opinion. I want you to pray about that, think about it and maybe just swallowing my pride in these things is worth it to be able to have the influence of Christ in their lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for 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 this morning, Lord. I pray the Holy Spirit will guide as, as folks try and apply this to their lives, God. It's not an easy subject, God, to, to teach them because it's, it's, it's so hard seeing the way people are distracted and, and the enemy has, has made them lose focus on the kingdom of God, who the Son of Man is, why he came, God, I just pray this morning we'll put aside our petty political differences and we'll walk out of this building knowing that there's one person that we need to endorse and that we need to make famous in our community and his name is Jesus Christ and that we'd be about his business this week, God, and we'd be an influence for good in the world through Jesus and that people around us will see, uh, will see Jesus through us. And I just pray these things in your name. Amen.